Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another word-filled message by David Entry. Preaching is the means by which God manifests his word and nourishes our spirits. May the life of God enter into you and you as you listen to this message. Be blessed. Believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and was buried. He descended into hell, the third day from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and he sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I've explained everything, how a chunk of the Apostles' Creed talks about Jesus. It's the Apostles' Creed is heavily Christocentric. When we talk about, when we say Christocentric, Christ-centered, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, just makes mention of the Holy Spirit and the Apostles' Creed. Once, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I said, I believe in God, the Father, Almighty, which when it comes to the Trinity too, I will explain God the Father. So the Father is God. I believe in God the Father Almighty and creator of the heaven and the earth. No one without anybody's assistance. He, he just created it, the earth. So uh, he's, and I like the way he made the heavens and the earth. He said, and there was. He said, and there was. He said, and there was. Wow! He said, and after he did everything, he put us here. And just when he, after Christ has come and is ready to really fully work through us, he gave us what he says. He said, now, continue the job. Say, say. And when we say, it is so. Yes. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. So, uh, uh, Father Almighty, creator of the heavens and the earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only son. Mono Genes, remember, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. It wasn't the involvement of a man that led to the conception of Jesus. So for God to say in Isaiah chapter um, 7 verse 14, a virgin shall be with son. A virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son. That is it because it, in that extreme situation, when it comes to parthenogenesis, it has to be a female. But if it's going to be a son, then that, man, that means God himself has gotten involved. Born of the Virgin Mary. So conceived by the Holy Spirit. Born of the Virgin Mary. Suffered under Pontius Palito. He was in a, such a bad condition. He said, if God plans to kill somebody, or God plans to kill himself, he, God, you know, Jesus' death was orchestrated by God. But the interesting thing is, even though Judas betrayed Jesus and someone had to betray Jesus, God didn't get involved in Judas' behavior. So even if Jesus wasn't God, he would have still killed him. If it was you working with Judas, he would have still killed you. Yeah. So Judas's nature, God didn't have to inspire it. He did it because whether there's God. However, his doing that was also part of fulfilling God's plan. 
Very interesting. And they brought him to Pontius Pilate. And Pontius Pilate discovered that there's something unique about this guy. That statement Pontius Pilate made. Pastor, I said, I find no fault in him. Now, listen. Let me take it deeper. When he said, I find no fault in him, he's not saying what you are claiming he has done. He hasn't done it. He's not saying. So if anybody is taking to court, you have to, the judges. Then the judges, or the judge hasn't got any business to bring other matters they are not accusing the person of. So you can say, I don't find any wrongdoing in him regarding this one. But the guy examined him thoroughly and he said, generally speaking, there is nowhere you can find this guy guilty. That is why he had to come back to the Jews, chapter 18, verse 30. He said, verse 30. He said what charge do you bring against him? Because me, I have checked everything. There's nothing. He came to them four times that I find no fault. Eventually, he said, you guys go and kill him yourself. Because I've, why did he suggest they should kill him themselves? Chapter 19 from verse 6. Why did he suggest, John, why did he suggest they should kill him themselves? Because I think he discovered that he's dealing with somebody very interesting. This guy is not a normal person. And the way the guy was comp composed, and his answers were quite interesting. He couldn't get his head around it. And I believe that standing near Jesus, he was feeling the, the magisterium, you know, the, the majesty of God. Even though he was, no, he, he was heathen, he could tell he's dealing with a different person. Yeah. He, 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 he sensed it. So he was asking questions as he had to do, but he was still afraid. As I told you, he was afraid. He was asking him questions, but I was afraid. So he finally went to the Jews and said, listen, I find no fault in him. You go and kill him by your. And they said, according to our law, he should die. Because according to our law, anyone who makes himself God is blaspheming, so he should die. You see? The Jews answered and said, we have a law. And, and according to our law, he, he ought to die because he made himself son of God. He made himself son of God. And that son is capitalized. Pontius Pilate. He left there before he said, ah, I thought so. Did, did, you, did you say he said he's son of God? And you, you want me to go and talk to him? Because he had a confirmation. That's why I feel. So Bible said he became more afraid. And he had to burn up. Uh, so where did you come from? <laughs> I'm sure between the praetorium and where Jesus was to go and question him, in the no Santa corridor, or he was just pacing back and forth. And the wife asked him, Are, are you okay? He said, Yeah, I'm fine, fine, fine. Your space. He wanted to open the door, but he had to wait. You know, when you're afraid of something, you're afraid to face something. He was really afraid to face Jesus. So the Bible said he became more afraid. More afraid. He was determined and then he became so determined. Do you know why he was determined to let Jesus go? According to Acts chapter 3 verse 14. King James said when he was determined I like that. When, uh, uh, verse, verse 13 sorry. Denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. 
He was so determined. He has made up his mind that this man must go. Jesus, he won't kill him. He said he won't kill him. He was, do you know why? Do you know why I didn't want to kill him? Why would I kill somebody like this? I don't want to get involved in this thing. He was actually afraid. And what made it worse is the wife also had a dream. The same wife, the same wife who came to ask him, are you okay? And he said, go, 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 leave me alone, I'll be fine. Now, that same wife now had a dream. And the Bible didn't tell us the nature of the dream. But she said, I've suffered many things in the dream because of this guy. So he warned his, she warned his wife, don't have, let me speak an American English, don't have nothing to do with his blood. Don't have anything. For I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. <laughs> Listen, if you're purchased by lady, this is worse. Hey, God, what should, my wife too has now said I shouldn't kill him. What did I do? Now he said, you, he, was so, he was so determined. He said, you take him, go and kill him by your own law. He was so determined. But it wasn't for the Jews to kill him because they would have stoned him. But he wasn't coming to die his own death. He was supposed to die a death of curse. Curse is anyone who hangs on the tree. So it's only Romans that must kill him. It's only Romans who must kill him. If Jesus Christ had not lived, or if he was, had not been born in Jewish territory, and he had been born in Roman territory, automatically he would have been a Roman citizen. He couldn't have qualified to die on the cross. There's no way he could have died on the cross because Romans cannot be executed that way. You can't execute a Roman that way. So he had to be born a Jew so that he can die a Roman death and Romans must be in charge before he died. Interesting. Suffered under... Suffered under... It was Pontius Pilate. So anytime you hear Pontius Pilate, you should remember he suffered under uh, someone who was very afraid. Quickly. So suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified. He actually was crucified. He died. And when he died, he was buried. To finish everything up, they buried him. And this is not just biblical, it's also historic. historical. There are historical records that show Jesus was actually buried. He was buried. And then what distinguished him from all other religious leaders and all other human beings? Okay, what distinguished him from all other human beings is that he was not only a human being. He was also God. And he came back from the dead. They blocked the tomb. When you got up, the tomb... The, those times they used stones. They put him in a cave and covered him. The stone said, yes, sir. So the stone moved back. Moved back for Jesus to come out. Not because Jesus needed the stone out. Because he could have come out anyway. Because he was going through closed doors. But had to move out. So that those who come and arrive will see that the tomb is empty. Hallelujah. So he, he died, was buried. That, that He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead and he ascended into heaven. Romans chapter 10 from verse 7. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 9. Ephesians 4 9. Now, he ascended. What does 
does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He descended into the lower parts of the earth. When he said he descended into hell, it's like the lowest, the lowest, not so much under here, okay, but he went low. He went to the, the part that human beings cannot go. But departed souls go Hades. He went to Hades and then he ascended into heaven. I like that bit. That's where the church starts. That's where the church comes in. The church comes in after Jesus had ascended. If Jesus had not ascended, we could not have had church. Why? Because the church is the living expression, physical expression of the ascended Jesus. So the gospel, as I taught some time ago, the gospel that only talks about Jesus who died and everything and everything and now is gone. He's not gone. The, the real gospel actually starts from when he was born, when he became um, a man. It starts with actually, really gospel starts with Adam. I mean, it starts with the beginning of the Bible to the end. Okay. But the gospel could not be preached. The gospel could not be preached in its authority and fullness without the ascended Jesus. In Colossians chapter 1, is it 28, 29 or 2? He said, him we proclaim. Him we proclaim. They preach, they preach 28. Colossians 1, they say, him we preach. Everybody say, him we preach. Him we preach. Say it again. Him we preach. Say it louder. Him we preach. Who do we preach? Him. Who is him? So who do we preach? Him we preach. <laughs> so we preach him. We preach Christ. You remember in Acts chapter five, um, chapter eight, verse five, Philip went down to Samaria, and what did he do? He preached Christ. <laughs> That's a nice one. He preached Christ unto them, and many demons were screaming out, coming out of many. <laughs> demons like screaming, you know. Especially when they are coming out. So, he ascended into heaven. I like the ascended Jesus. It is, if he hadn't died, he couldn't have been our high priest. So, he became high priest not when he was on earth. He became, he said, the Bible said, today, you are my son. And Psalm 110. said, from today, you are high priest after the order, order of Melchizedek. You are a priest, Psalm 11, verse 3 of verse, verse 4. The Lord has sworn to us, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. And then from the, the verse 1, he spoke about today. You know, so you are my son. He was declared son, he was declared high priest. Now watch this, this is very important. When he ascended, the reason why he couldn't have been a priest if he had not died, because according to Hebrews chapter 5 and chapter 8, every priest is appointed from amongst men, so he had to be a human being. But that's not all. It is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices. So it says in Hebrews that this one must also have something to offer. Then you, you, are, you are invalid as a, as a priest. And what is he going to offer? If it's the blood of bulls and goats, it's already being done. So the Aaronic priesthood didn't need an assistance from a Jew, uh, someone in the, from the tribe of Judah. So we didn't, but he says that he also, he says that for every priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifice. Therefore, it is necessary that this one also have something to offer. 
And what did he offer? His blood. So he had to die in order to be able to offer his blood. So his high priestly office came into effect after his resurrection. So he resurrected and then took his blood and offered his blood. Not for his sins. I like that bit. I don't want to go too much into the high. Not for his sins because he didn't have sins. The old ones, they did it for their sins first. The Bible said, must offer it for himself first and then for the people. What? But this one didn't offer it for himself because he didn't have sin. But he went and with his own blood, the only person who can present his own blood. Salvation is a Trinitarian work. According to Hebrews chapter 9, I think verse 14 or so. He offered his blood according to the eternal spirit. So Hebrews 9, 14. Okay, not with the blood of goods and wood, the, the, the verse 13. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot? So, through it was the eternal spirit, eternal means that timeless. So, any, how, when he was shedding the blood, eternal spirit was gathering the blood. And then now, when he resurrected, he had something to offer. He went before God. That is why the Bible says that he. Offered himself. He offered himself or his blood by the eternal spirit. So when he's sitting at the uh, right hand of the, uh, of the throne of majesty, what, he, what he's doing, the Bible says that he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Hebrews 7.25. He says that he's also able to save to the uttermost. How is he able to do that? See that he ever liveth. Say ever liveth. Say it louder, please. See that he ever liveth to do us to make intercession for them. Ever he's always alive. He's ever liveth to make intercession for us. Permit me to go off a little bit. Verse 26. Such a high priest is fitting for us. <laughs> such an high priest. Such, such, such is fitting. Because, you know, the way you are, you need a high priest like that. <laughs> Shout hallelujah. Yeah. The way, even after he became born again, look at what has happened. Such a high priest is fitting for us. Somebody say, such a high priest. Is fitting for me. me. Amen. Amen. That's what Hebrews said. So he ascended into heaven and is now playing the role as a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Without beginning of days, without end of days. That's why he said, ever live it. So seated in heaven uh, at the right hand of the Father Almighty. But that's not the end of the story. From thence he shall come. For what? In the Second Corinthians chapter five, verse ten, it says that for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So He must come to judge the living. So when you died, you have not escaped. When when you die, you haven't escaped. So He said, He shall come to judge the living and the dead. That's about Christ. Then He moves on to I believe in the Holy Spirit. Say I believe in the Holy Spirit. Pastor, I have to do another series on the Holy Spirit. It's supposed to be a yearly teaching. I think this year, I haven't done it. Last year, I didn't do it. Proper series on the Holy Spirit. Every time. We must be so familiar with the operations of the Holy Spirit in the church. When I say familiar, aware. 
we must be acutely aware of the operations and so you can be able to tell what is the Holy Spirit, what is not the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's where his ministry started. What ministry is this that you are doing? <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord is not you. The Spirit of the Lord for you has anointed me. How God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit, Acts of the 1038. So, the Holy Spirit, I believe in, someone say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. But that's not all. The Holy Universal Church. That means you are supposed to be part of the church. Both in its um, intangibleness, okay, so the, um, the, the general body of Christ and then the local body of Christ, local church. Every, every believer is supposed to be part of a local church where you are known, you know, you are loved, you love, you are tolerated, you tolerate. Um, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints. How can you be a Christian? You don't, you don't, there are no Christians you interact with. When you talk about communion of saints, it's not because you all go to work together. You have a, an actual communi- interaction, spiritual interactions. You pray together. You go to church together. You inter- How can you be a believer and you don't have others you are doing church with? You are not a proper believer. And I will say it without any mitigation. You are not serious. You are not serious. I believe in the communion of saints. Communion. It's a community. I believe I'm part of a community. You have to be part of a community if you're a believer. Really? You don't believe in the communion of saints. And for, ah, thank God that comes after communion of saints. And forgiveness of sins. I'm surprised people didn't shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Forgiveness of sins. Such a, I was reading the Bible and I saw this. I didn't realize it was so much. Manasseh. Manasseh really shocked me. Manasseh really disappointed me. You know, the guy was so bad. He actually, in the temple, erected other gods in the temple. And I mean, what God said no one should do, he brought other gods. He worshipped foreign gods. He cleared what the, the, the God of Israel has been. cleared everything. And he really turned his back against God. He did so far that he started practicing what nowadays would look like voodoo or satanism. That guy was that bad. He did it so much that God now became very upset with Israel and Jerusalem. God actually became upset with Judah. That's why Nebuchadnezzar came. Even after he had died and God and Josiah had come, God still did because of Manasseh. Yeah, Manasseh was very bad. And now he provoked God. So God became very angry. When God became angry, he just got um, Babylon, the king, to come and just take him away. (laughs) God knows how to be behind the scenes, you know. So God got the king of Babylon to come and arrest him and invaded the place and took him away. And, but you know what? This was shocked me. I said, this is amazing. Because the guy's behavior upset me so much, I felt like they should have cut him into pieces and died. How could you do this to God? When they arrested the guy in Babylon, when he was in trouble, he now called on God. Oh God. 
<laughs> he cried and prayed. And Bible said, God heard his prayer and delivered him back. Hey! I said, God, bye. God. And delivered him back. But he didn't go back. When he went, when he went back, he didn't go back to what he used to, to be. But it really affected Israel. God delivered him back. That's how good God is. He's God who is plenteous in mercy. Plenteous in mercy. So I'm trying to say to somebody that we believers, we Christians, we believe. We believe in. So it doesn't matter what you do. Come back to church. Come back to God. It doesn't matter how vile it is. There's nothing so wild you can do that mercy can't cover you. We believe in the forgiveness of sins. I believe in the forgiveness of sins. I believe in the resurrection of the body. I have thought that it's not too long, so I don't have to go too much into it. And I believe in life everlasting. Life everlasting here is not only, it's kind of different from eternal life. Eternal life is Zoe, the God kind of life. Why is life everlasting? Even though it, Zoe is everlasting, life everlasting means that living continuously without dying. The body will die. But the interesting thing is, afterwards, the body will be reunited to the spirit and the soul. So then, in Daniel chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it talks about how at the Daniel chapter 12, verse, uh, let's go to verse 2. Verse 2. And many of those who sleep in the dust, this is who die, okay? Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Wow. This is not talking about homeless people who are sleeping on the road. This is death. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So everybody is going to wake. It's not only believers. But when we are going for everlasting life, we are enjoying the bliss with God, whilst others to shame and contempt, punishment. Punishment. Jesus said in John chapter 11, verse 26, that he who believes in me will not die. And he who believes in me, even if he dies, he shall, I'll, I'll, rise him, I'll raise him again. And then in John chapter chapter. Um, 6 verse 39, John chapter 6 verse 44, John chapter 6 verse 54, all of it Jesus said that I will raise you. I will raise you. So we shall rise to not dying anymore. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so then when a believer dies, it's not the end. Yeah. Or when a person dies, it's not the end. There's going to come the resurrection. By no Lazarus was resurrected. Dorcas was resurrected. The woman of Nain was resurrected. Elijah resurrected somebody. Elisha resurrected some people. All these people were resurrected, but they died again. So when we say, I believe in the resurrection, we are not talking about resurrecting to die later. This resurrection the Bible talks about is resurrection to live eternally. So there is an eternal life coming. Amen. There is an everlasting a life that does not end. I know what you'll be thinking. Well, so what shall we be doing? We'll be just be there and enjoying God. And enjoying God, and enjoying God, and enjoying God. So you have to start enjoying Him from church now, because when you do that, you are testing the powers of the world to come. Hallelujah! 
according to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4 and 5. You are testing, have tested of the powers of the world to come. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Say, I believe in life everlasting. Say it again. I believe in life everlasting. Say it louder. I believe in life everlasting. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.